Anybody bring your Bible with you today? Good, good. Let's go over to the book of uh, Psalms and the 16th chapter. Psalm 16. Today, I want to continue this new series we began last week. And if you're not happy yet, you are about to be. It's required, in fact. So no one is allowed to remain anything less than what we're talking about. Everybody good? Everybody in agreement with that? No one's required to be sad. No one's required to be mad. If you do, that's all on you. Praise God. Let's read our text again. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the presence of God. This is what surrounds Him. Two things here, what? Fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. All right? This is the will of God. Last week we began looking at the nature of God, how it is joy, how it is pleasure, and uh, the reason that God's presence is this way, the reason that His very essence, His presence, is pleasurable, is joyful, is because He is a happy God. He's not mad or sad or depressed or gloomy or stiff or stoic or just boring or any other kind of negative. No, He's a happy God. And so His presence exudes this type of good stuff that we all want, we all desire. I believe this is true concerning all the human race, that they all want exactly what God is. They don't know that, they don't all know that He is this. They don't all know that His presence is full of this. And so they look to many sources, to many external, natural things, and end up dissatisfied. Many believers as well, even though they've heard it, even though it's been told them once upon a time, often they've replaced presence with formulas and religions and systems, and it has sucked the life out of their supposed living relationship with God, and now they're sad, and they're gloomy, and You know, they serve God with a frown and expect you to do the same. But I'm telling you, we're reversing that curse. We're turning some things around. We're getting a fresh revelation and understanding of God and who He is and what is in His presence continually. And when you enter in, and when you live in that place for a few moments, you come out shining. You come out bright. You come out with a joy that can't be explained. You come out with a freshness about you, a thrill that's within you that nothing in this world can produce. Praise God. I'm having a good time already. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you, the Lord is showing Himself strong in our midst. Let me read you a couple letters, uh, a couple responses to last week. One person wrote and they said, I had to tell you that Sunday's message resonated in the heart with an intensity I have felt only a handful of times. 
They said, I've listened to many sermons from many people, and, and even though many have been great, only one other hit me like yours did yesterday. I have experienced God's presence in the manner in which I would describe as ecstasy or elation only once. In the years since, I've tried to get back to that place, and for reasons I can only speculate, I've never been able to get back to. I had convinced myself that God wanted to share that with me only once, and it was meant to be enough. But after a while, I found myself disheartened, because nothing else I tried could ever come close to make me feel what I did. So I've spent the last couple of decades trying very hard to forget what my heart cried out for. This last Sunday, my heart screamed through my tears in listening to you that it is indeed possible to live in that place. Another person wrote, and they, they just said, the, that message you preached on that Sunday was unquestionably, unquestionably one of the best messages I have heard on that subject or any subject for that matter. The reason I share these things is I, I believe this is at the heart of every one of us. That we desire to be that close to the Lord, that much in, enveloped in His embrace, and really to experience a high level of pleasure and joy, but not have it be worldly, not have it have side effects and repercussions and grief and wish I wouldn't have done that, <laughs> but have it be the genuine article of God's real divine love and presence, to have it fill us and surround us and overtake us, and to be able to live there, to continually be refreshed with Him again and again, and to have it be that good. And I think the majority of us don't really know how good it can be, and, and, and how intense His love is. Uh, when, when it's not filtered through all of our religious notions and false perceptions of God and, 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 you know, and traditions that, that void the power of God. We want to get to the real thing. And if that, if that interests you at all, huh, ready? Come on, I tell you, it is the open heart of a person that will, that, that will give place to what God wants to do, what He wanted to do all along. He's not withholding things from you. He's not withholding the pleasure of His presence from you. I tell you, it's available for every one of us. But some of us, we've been, man, we've been thinking, this is the way God is. Grumpy, you know, stiff, all this kind of stuff. All He wants us to do is toe the line. Just act right, keep your shoulders back and your head up. And, and No, that's not the way He is. All right, let's get into some stuff. I believe the closer we get to Him, the more joy and pleasure we will experience. All right? And so if we know that He is a certain way, then we just draw near. And we just get close. And the closer we get, the better it gets. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. A misconception of God in this regard caused people to be sour and boring and and everything else they think that's the superior way to live if you're just kind of like i said stiff and all this kind of stuff then you're real spiritual and those have nothing to do with each other amen 
fact, the grumpy person is less spiritual, is, is the least spiritual among us. The reality is, is that God wants to reach humanity with us. But you know how he wants to do that? He wants you and I to be so blessed that they desire what we have. So amazingly blessed, overflowing in his blessings. But here's here's where I want to clarify that a little bit. Sometimes we'll talk about that in the in these regards. Blessing is uh, health, and blessing is financial, and blessing is opportunity, and, and those type of things. And don't get me wrong; it absolutely is those things. That is God. That that's all about God there. But it is something else. It is something else. Like He told Abram that we read last week. He said, "I want you to be blissed." I want you to know my bliss. In other words, it is extreme happiness. It is an intense joy that cannot be really uh, faked by this world. Because it can't compare to the reality of who and what he, he is. He wants us to be so stinking happy that others in the world look and they recognize that they want what we have. And then we tell them, have a drink. Sit back and drink up because the river of His pleasure is available to you. He wants to fill your life. He wants to flood you with His goodness. And this is the way God is. Amen. Now, let me read to you Psalm 65. Psalm 65. I'm reading this from the Amplified Bible. It starts off 65.4 and it says, Blessed. And then if you've ever read the Amplified or referenced it, you notice that it'll often amplify out that word blessed this way. Happy, fortunate, to be envied. Now how many, how many people today use the language, especially believers, we say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Bless you. God bless you. Bless you. I'm blessed. You're blessed. We're all blessed. And we might think of that in certain terms of, as to what that means, but I think this should definitely be included. Happy. Are you blessed? What are you? Happy. Happy. Fortunate. And to be envied. This is why God wants to do it in you. He wants you to be so blessed you can hardly stand it. It's because others look at that and they say, what is it you have? I want what you have. And then we tell them who we have. So blessed is the man whom you choose and cause to come near, that he may dwell in your courts. Uh, We shall be, what? Satisfied. Why? Because they're near in his courts, and in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forever. So anything close to God is really, really happy. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. So in this place of joy and pleasure is satisfaction. I'm thankful for material blessings. Enjoy them, use them up, so forth. But you know what I'd rather have more than a, more than a, a, a mansion and an airplane and a small island or, or whatever you, know, you can imagine having uh, as a possession. You know what I'd rather have than any of that? His presence. Because in it... 
is absolute and complete satisfaction and joy. You're never there wanting something else. You're never in that place wishing you had something more. Now, if you can have His presence on the island and fly to it in your own plane and whatever, then that would be fine too because it'll make it all that much better. But His presence really is what you crave. It's what you desire. Even if some say, I don't really care about that. I don't really want that. Yes, you do. If you really knew it, hmm. Just like if you've had some of the ice cream that I've had, you would want it. I had a hot fudge Sunday one time. Belgian hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> ordered it. Don't wouldn't normally have ordered that. Ordered it. Friend and I, we both got it. We thought, well, all right, let's just get that. We both took a bite of our own. We were separate. <laughs> Guys do not share. <laughs> and we both looked up at each other and went. That is outstanding. Filled our being. We were blissed. Anyway, I didn't plan to say that. I might overuse dairy products in this this series. Uh, (laughs) I'm just looking for some natural comparison to the presence of God, and nothing comes close, but that is, you know... And so what if then the good life that we all desire, I want to live the good life, we're much more than just being healthy and just being prosperous or just having different opportunities in life. What if it it were literally closeness to God? If it were literally defined by being so close to Him that you were overwhelmed with, with pleasure and joy to the degree that you couldn't put it in human words. That you couldn't explain it. You couldn't fully tell someone how good it is. It just escapes your vocabulary. Like I said at the end of last week, like Paul experienced when he said, I heard things unspeakable. He said, I can't explain it. I can't fully explain what was happening here. The very fact that God told us to come close to him proves that he wants us to live in this level of pleasure and joy. But I think it's a good question to ask, is God happy? Is God a happy God? We, we should have a scriptural basis for that. Let me give you a couple references. Psalm chapter 2 and verse 4 reads, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. I tell you what, that's probably one of the last images that most people have of God. That He's on the throne. Holding His gut. <laughs> leaned over, laughing. But I tell you, the scripture does tell us that God laughs. I would guess probably heaven shakes when he laughs. But God is a laughing God. He, la- he likes to laugh it up. You know the reason why we have a sense of humor? Is because God does. Absolutely. He, has a, he, he does and he, his joy is there. Nehemiah 8.10 Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. That's a real thing there. The joy of the Lord. It's, 
different than just joy. It is the joy of the Lord. I don't think there's anything wrong at all with someone wanting to laugh it up and they they watch uh, something funny, you know, or go see a comedian and just bust a gut and just laugh, laugh, laugh. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. That's part of the nature and character of who God is. Laugh it up. But I tell you, it doesn't compare to the true, unadulterated, pure love and joy of God's presence. It's called the joy of the Lord. When you enter in it, enter into it, you know what happens? You get strong. Depression will make you weak. It will sap your strength. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to go anywhere. You're sad. You're tired. The joy of the Lord will boost you. Bam! Better than a Red Bull. Right? The joy of the Lord will give you strength, will give you ability to do what you can't do without it. All right. Jesus was talking one day. He was teaching, gave the parables. He was talking about the, the parable of the, uh, um, the talents. Remember the different talents, which was really money, was given out to different individuals. And a couple of them were faithful with it and one of them buried it. At the end of that, you remember this, this language, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord or of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This is a real thing that, that, is, that defines and explains what our reward is or what God's presence is. It's called the joy of the Lord. All right? Now that really exists. A lot of people are living outside of it, but they can live within it. All right? The joy of the Lord. Simply put, joy is from the Lord. Okay, depression and the, or I could say it this way, the absence of, of, of the Lord is sadness. Being sad is not a picture of having an abundance of God in my life. But it, ex, it is exactly a picture of the opposite. And so if I'm experiencing that, I'm feeling that, which I know people are. Hey, that's why we're talking. What do I need? I need to run to the one who is defined by joy, whose presence exudes it, because it will overpower any of that lack in my life. Let me give you another one. Revelation 4.11, King James reads, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Why did God create us? What is our reason for existence? Because God wanted to make us. It gave Him pleasure. It was a thrilling experience for Him. And He thought, yeah, I could make mankind. And something on the inside went, yeah, let's do it. And God did for His pleasure. You know, there are some... some things that God will do in your life, some things that He does in our services, like we're here today, and He'll move on you, and He'll fill you, and He'll manifest Himself in your life, and the only reason for it is pleasure. The only purpose, it's like the only purpose for eating ice cream, is what? Pleasure. All right. 
the only reason sometimes God will move in your life and He'll manifest Himself and He'll, he'll, he'll bring us this kind of revelation for our hearts is so that we can experience His pleasure. But what do you want me to do, Lord? Enjoy it. And He's glorified when you enjoy it. And if you can sit back and say, Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Woo, nice. This is good. Yep, that's enough. Nothing else needs to be done. See, well, let's, let's leave the mindset that God is always just about driving us to do something. He's not a driver anyway. But it's just, He's always requiring things of us. He's always just, you got to do something else. A little bit more, a little bit more, like a hard taskmaster. You know, someone said, Well, you can never pray enough. Well, where you can never read the Bible enough. You could never go to church enough. See, that's wrong. That's a wrong picture of the way that God deals with us. Like, you could, you're just always a little bit short. You're always coming up shy. He's always a little disappointed in you. He's always a little bit teed off because you could have done a little bit more. No, no. He's satisfied and just pouring out His blessing and His presence on you. And the only thing you do is say, thanks. This is nice. Glory to God. Anything you want me to do? No. Just drink. Just enjoy. Just swallow. Just (laughs) embrace. And you're good. Just like that. Praise God. I hope we see this. You know, the world has so many fakes and fakes false substitutes and phony baloney. And sometimes even Christians get sucked into believing the lie, believing that that's a better way to go. You know, even, even when you talk about substance abuse, talk about drugs, you know, you got, you got certain, certain drugs that, uh, that will cause a person to go down, you know, sedatives of certain kinds. And what, what is that? What is that? Well, that's a fake phony substitute for the peace of God. His peace that passes understanding. Sometimes in His presence, it's not, woohoo, yeah, ha ha, you know, laughing and smiling. And, and, and sometimes it's just, oh my, this is good. This is the peace of God. It's like I could cut it with a knife. And it's God. And there's nothing, no repercussions to it. You know, no hangovers, no delayed reactions. It's just Him. You know, there, there are different drugs that people take that do the opposite. They, you know, they are stimulant type of drugs. And, and they get people going. And, and they, they, they feel all this energy. And they feel all this whatever. Well, I tell you, in the presence of God, there's that. But way better. It'll energize you. It'll empower you. It'll stir you up. And you'll want to shout. And you'll be able to. It's the spirit of might that comes upon your life. That's in His presence. But way, 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 way better than the drug. You know, people take hallucinogens. Right? And they start seeing things. Right? And they start, wow, wow. My eyes are open. And, and, uh, well... No, in the presence of God, there are visions, there's revelations, there's dreams that come from Him. In His presence is seeing some stuff. But you know what? What He shows you will help you. What He shows you is true, and it's real, and it's the genuine article. But in this world, you'll find a substitute for everything that God wants to do. And I want to make this point again. 
I really don't believe that God called us to leave all these little fixes, all these temporary pleasures of this world to go into nothing. And in the world, you have fun. Sure, sometimes you wreck your car and, you know, do some other things in the process. But in the world, you can have these pleasures. But then you get saved and you're boring. No. We have misrepresented God. We have stayed short of His glorious presence. In Him, you trade the junk, the stuff that falls way short of His glory, for something far better and everlasting, and it continually resides, and you and I have access to this all the time. He's not withholding it from any of us. Amen, amen. Go with me to the book of Acts. Acts, the 10th chapter. Can you handle a little bit more? Acts chapter 10. Better watch out, because I have a lot more. And we won't get to it all today, so we'll, you got an appointment next week. Acts chapter 10, Peter was, this, what I want to read here is right before Peter had this vision, and he saw animals in the big sheet, and it was a revelation basically about how the Gentiles would come into uh, the kingdom of God and how uh, they were accepted in Christ as well. And so Peter, it says in, in, in verse 10, then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready or prepared the meal, he fell into a trance. Now this is one of those things that Peter, literally what it means, he literally bodily fell over. Okay, This is one of those falling out under the power of God's scriptures that a lot of people can't find. And they say, is that in the Bible when people fall? Yeah, here's another one right here. Okay. But Peter was waiting. He, was, uh, he had been praying and, and he was hungry. He was waiting for dinner and he fell over. He's like, bonk. And he falls over and he is in a trance. Now, this is very interesting because that's when he had the vision, the revelation. He had a great experience with God. But this word translated trance. The, the Greek word is ecstasis, okay? And uh, the dictionary there, the Greek dictionary, strong, says a displacement of the mind. It says, uh, for example, uh, bewilderment or ecstasy. So when Peter fell over, boom, he had a displacement of the mind he was, had a bewilderment. He, he was in a place of ecstasy. Now, uh, the word ecstasy, the English word means this. An overwhelming feeling of great happiness or joyful excitement. Uh, another definition. Uh, an emotional or religious frenzy or trance-like state. Originally, one involving an experience of mystic self-transcendence. So you get a picture. This is of God, by the way. The devil didn't move on him. This was not a drug he took. Peter was praying. Peter was doing the will of God. He's living in the joy of the Lord. And one day, he had an experience. By the way, we should all have experiences with God. 
We don't, all of, all of us aren't going to look and say, I'm going to have that experience. No, it's different for everybody. The Lord is vast. He moves in many different ways. Many will have similarities. But he just was going along. He wasn't believing for this. Lord, I just want to fall into a trance. He was just walking with God, whom he knew was full of pleasure and joy. He knew the kind of character that God had. And one day, he's walking with the Lord, and he's sitting there waiting for dinner, and boop, he falls over, and wow, bam. This was of God. God moved on him in such a way where there was an overwhelming feeling of great happiness, he was out of this world. He was out of his mind, so to speak. He was in this, this position, this trance-like state, but it was full of joyful excitement. Now, again, why am I pointing this out? Uh, this is of God. This is a way that God moves. This is one of the things that He does. Why? Because that's the way He is. Amen. I've shared this recently, but I'll share it again in a different service. Um, But I was recently studying some of the evidences and the results of people being filled with the Spirit. And we talked about this in some of our believers' meetings. And oftentimes we think about Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And certainly that is that is the, the, the initial evidence. But there was a constant outflow when people were filled with the Spirit, and that's where prophecy came in and dreams and visions and revelation of God's Word and all these different things and, and, and more and more. I mean, I could say a lot of things. All those things were not a result of someone saying, Lord, I just, I'm just believing for a prophecy. I want to be, or I'm just believing, Lord, give me a dream. They weren't happening. They didn't come like that. They came as an automatic response of being so full of the Spirit of God that that was natural life then. Many times we're seeking, oh, Lord, give me one of these and show me one of these and let me have this. Don't. Know who he is, what he's like, what he enjoys doing, and be with him with that mindset. Not a religious bondage mindset. See, some people stay with their beliefs almost like an, an abused spouse stays with their abuser for year after year. They just hold on to it. I'm not going to let this go. I can't, I can't leave this. And they've been beat up by religion for years and by these false teachings about the Father God. And they hold on to this and it keeps them in bondage. And they can't experience all this stuff we read about because their, their belief system blocks it out. But when the Lord opens our eyes to see the way He really is, we don't have to pray and ask for all this stuff because I can't tell you, you're going to have a this and you're going to have a this. You're going to have experiences with Him. And these are, this is some of what they're like. And it's pleasurable. <laughs> Man, it's good. i tell you what. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> And so let's not just think of this joy that we're talking about as a great human experience. We've all had good experiences, probably. 
you know, from ice cream to roller coasters to sex to whatever, you know, great thrilling experiences in life. And, uh, and thank God for, for, for that kind of stuff. But let's not limit the joy of the Lord to those things because it will go beyond. And it is so much better that we would never trade Him for something of this world. Why do people who are being martyred, killed for the, their testimony of Jesus today, often show great happiness in the middle of it? Why did Stephen, as they're throwing rocks at his head, say, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Don't let it be held, held to their account. What is going on there? It is a revelation of the very joy and pleasure of God that makes you not care about what other people think. That makes you not care about this world stuff. It is so much better. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And so this joy we're talking about is a joy that goes beyond this world's explanation. You know, we referenced Acts chapter 2. That was the day of Pentecost when the 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, one of the things that happened there is they got so doused with God, so influenced by His presence, that they started, some of them acted in bizarre ways. To this end, that they were accused of being drunk. And they said, no, it's only 9 a.m. People don't even... People don't drink at that time. And they said, but, but the scripture said, he, uh, Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose. But what caused them to think that? They were so happy. They were so joyful. They had something going on that some were moved. They said, wow, what is this? Others mocked them. You know what? Sometimes people will mock you, but you know, when you're full of God, you don't really care. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And he, then he, Peter began to explain. He had a revelation. He, all of a sudden he understood the prophecies of Joel. And said, this is that which was prophesied by Joel. The last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so this, this, this guy stumbling around and so happy he can hardly stand it. Being mocked by some. Then begins to preach. The power of the Lord is there. You know the end result? 3,000 people got saved. This is what happens when people are so full of God, they are so full of His joy, thousands watch on and look from the outside and say, I want that. And then they say, you know what, it's Jesus. You killed Him, but He's alive now. And it's time to repent, time to get right with God. And they did. See, one of the things that I, I, I have to avoid and I want to avoid and I remind myself of is when I'm sharing the gospel with a person I can be very logical and, uh, and detailed and thorough. <laughs> you know, I have to remember that the Bible said, go, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, not teach the gospel. All right? Now, I'm teaching in here because this is a different setting. But as far as the gospel, see, I want to start at Genesis. <laughs> no. You know why sometimes I would want to do that? Or just delve into every, answer every question a person has. Because I'm relying sometimes on my ability to explain and convince them. And to undo every argument they have instead of the presence of God. 
And you'll find that many people who get saved can't fully explain why they did. They saw it, they heard it, and they knew it was right. It was a revelation from God inside of them. And it was the presence of God that convinced and convicted them. And it, not that to say that the message isn't necessary, it absolutely is. The message has to be there. The presence of God, though, makes that word come alive. And then they turn their life over to the Lord. Skeptical people do it. You know, well-educated people. They're still influenced by the presence of God. It goes beyond. The joy of the Lord, the pleasure of God goes beyond our explanation. I can't say it well enough to convince the world. But I can bring the substance. And you can bring the substance. As you live full, as you stay full of God and His presence and His power and His love, you stay full and you drink of Him daily. There's something about your life that can't be explained. There's something you may think, I'm going to fumble over my words. You'll fumble over your words and won't care. You won't say it perfect as like someone else said it, but they'll get saved anyway. Praise God. Wow, you guys are just really pulling it out tonight. Uh, Man, I'm way behind first service. And I went long in that one. All right, let's go. Let's go a little bit further, then we'll finish for today. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47. Okay, this is the explanation now of the blessings and cursings of the law. In other words, it was told, Moses told them, you obey, you do these things, you'll be blessed. But if you don't do them, you'll be cursed. Okay, we're not under that time, but still, get this point. Verse 47, because you did not serve the Lord your God, look, with joy and gladness of heart, For the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. Now think about that. The Lord is not just telling them, I want you to behave this way, to do these things. He says, I want you to do it and like it. I want you to act this way and enjoy yourself while you're acting that way. See, this come, out comes the, the character of who God is again. He's not just interested in compliance. Even under the law, He wasn't. He wanted them to be happy. He said, I want you to do these things and enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, it doesn't count. Well, that'll mess up a whole lot of people's thinking that they have really lived a good, clean, godly life for so long. I have just really towed the line. Certainly God is pleased with me. No, He's not, you sour person. (laughs) You religious stiffy. You know, you're just... God is not happy with it unless you're happy with it. If you're not having a good time, he's not having a good time with you having your good time or bad time. Amen. So they were commanded, watch, to be happy. So, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm not doing anything bad. Well, one, you're probably not doing everything you're supposed to do. No person has lived a sinless life. 
But again, if we get away from that and the legalities of that and just focus on this, Lord, I want to enjoy your presence. I want to drink of your pleasure. I want to be full of your goodness and all that you are. And I'm going to enjoy this or I'm not going to do it at all. Hmm. It's like I say sometimes during the offering. If you don't want to give, don't. Why? It doesn't count. Well, I gave a large offering. I know, but you're grumpy about it. It doesn't count. Now, we're not giving it back. But works on the other end. I'm saying it doesn't count with God. New Testament tells us God loves a cheerful giver. What do you mean you love a cheerful giver? Don't you just want paid? No, it's not paying. We don't pay in the New Testament. We don't pay our tithes. We give them. They used to pay. It was a tax. It was a law. It was requirements. Now we honor the Lord. We do it with a smile. And if you do it with a smile, it works. How many know your prayers do not work without a smile? So I'm believing God. I'm standing on the word, believing God. No, you're not believing God. I can see in your face you're not believing God. <laughs> Paul wrote in Romans, May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. If there's not joy and if there's not peace, there is not believing. Hmm. I'm, only in, I'm only in faith when I'm excited about the outcome. When I have peace about my future. Otherwise, I'm not in faith. No matter how much I say I pray, it's not prayer. It's just talking. It's just religious activity. Do you see this? The Lord requires us to be happy. Let it be so. From this point forward, you are not allowed to serve the Lord without gladness. Let's just put those, two, those things together. Serving God, praying, worshiping, and happy. Or not serving God. And sad. Why are you sad? Oh yeah, you're not serving God. Now, I realize some of this, as I'm talking, some of, well, you don't know what I've been through. I know people go through some serious situations that are hard there's loss of loved ones. There's different things that go on. And they are not happy circumstances. I've been through some of those myself. All right? I've been through some very unhappy circumstances. What I'm teaching is the answer. What I'm talking about is the way out. It's the way to overcome. We must learn it. We must find our peace and our joy in Him, not in any person or any experience or any food or any drug or anything else. It all comes through Him, and it is in Him. Amen. Praise God. Everybody okay today? Yes. Trying to decide where to, where to stop. Huh. Huh. Well, let, let's... Hmm. <laughs> let, me, let me introduce this thought to you at least. All right. One thing we need to recognize is... This language that we find in Scripture called in the Lord. In the Lord. It's different than just in you 
or in the event or in the experience. It's in the Lord. And the Lord brought this to my attention. I began to look up scriptures. I began to look at things because human beings have a tendency to forget where their blessings come from. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, after he told them all they were to do and all they were supposed to be uh, in, involved with, he warned them in Deuteronomy 6.12, he said, Then beware lest you forget the Lord. Sometimes we enjoy his blessings, his presence, good things happen. But after a while, all we remember is the blessing and we forget where it came from. We forget why we have it. We forget how we got to the place we, we got. And we think, oh, well, hmm. Guess I just lucked out on that one. No, we need to remember in the Lord. Don't just rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. His presence must be the continual place of our dwelling. Let me rapid fire give you some scriptures. You don't have to turn there. David was sad one day. He was discouraged. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, he didn't just strengthen himself, didn't just cheer himself, he strengthened himself in the Lord. Why? That works, and it's permanent. It's potent. It's not this watered-down stuff of the world. Amen. It's concentrate. It's like the orange juice. There's so much God in there. Psalm 32, 10 and 11. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. If he trusts what? In the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright of heart. Where are, where are we to be glad? In the Lord. Why? That's real gladness. It's not fake. And it's not temporary. Psalm 34, 2. My soul shall make its boast. In the Lord the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Should, should, should we be boasters? Yeah, as long as it's in the Lord. If not, huh, pride goes before fall. Bam. Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Where do we delight? In the Lord. Where do we trust? Psalm 118 verse 8 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Trust in the Lord. Either trusting in the Lord or trusting in man. Psalm 146 verse 5. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his health. For his help. Whose hope is in the Lord his God. What if a person has hope in God? First word. First word there happy. So I'm not very happy. You might want to trust the Lord. Put your hope in Him. That's your confident expectation of a favorable outcome. That's what hope is. Happy is that person. 1 Corinthians 1.31 that it, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Not glory in your own successes, glory in your own uh, whatever, your own glory in Him. What we've got to do, guys, is we've got to get this in the Lord thing in every aspect of our life. That's how we can live in this. 
A consciousness of every good thing comes from Him, is in Him, it, it, it surrounds Him. And if I can be in there and remember where everything came from, it becomes normal. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong, period. Ah, just suck it up. No, be strong, in the Lord. That's where your strength is. When you recognize that and you look to Him, you'll not be dissatisfied. You'll not be disappointed. He has the strength that you need. He has the help and the life and the vitality that you need. It's in Him. Don't just try to pull yourself together. I'm just working on it. Stop working on it. He already worked on it. And He already finished it. And it's a completed deal here. Find it now in Him. Amen. Revelation 14 says, happy is the one or blessed is the one who dies in the Lord. I mean, no, you don't want to die outside of the Lord. But if it's in the Lord, you're laughing. Am I saying that we shouldn't enjoy good things in life? I mean, natural things of this, uh, of this earth, that we shouldn't enjoy some of the good experiences? No, I'm not saying that at all. God, God put them here. He, he said that He gives us richly all things to enjoy. You can enjoy natural blessings, natural um, material things. But I tell you what, it, it has only found its, its satisfaction when you recognize that your joy, joy is truly in Him and not in that thing. Then you can enjoy the thing to its maximum. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Father, we love you today. Thank you so much for what you're doing in us. Oh, we're increasing in our knowledge of you in accuracy and in truth. Lord, and individuals here today, bondages are breaking off of, their, off of their minds. Misconceptions they've had of you, religious things that have been placed over them are being broken off, and now they are entering into a brand new experience with you. One that satisfies, one that fulfills, and one that empowers them to live. And I thank you that even now your presence fills and overwhelms and overshadows them. And Lord, they are enjoying, oh, the good pleasure of your presence. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you for what you do, what you have done. And Lord, we, we intend to fully embrace and remain in this place. We're not going to serve you in the flesh or out of our own strength any longer. Lord, we're going to serve you in your joy and continue to grow stronger. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in us today. We give you all the glory, all the praise for everything done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Let me encourage you all today. Use your mouth. Say things. You can express these very things to the Lord, but not as a plea necessarily, as a as a cry out, Lord, come, as if you're not He's as if He's not here. But just say things like, Lord, I'm just drinking in Your presence today. I'm just drinking, you know, like scripture we read last week. I'm drinking in the pleasure, uh, drinking from the river of Your pleasure, and just sit back and relax and enjoy. Thank you, Lord. You're flowing in me and you're flowing around me. You washed, washed me clean. And, you know, he'll move in your emotions. We're not led by emotions. We don't magnify him as the thing to follow. But thank God we enjoy it. When he, when he moves on us and uh, 
we're thrilled. Praise God.